Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members of FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world, another time, in the age of wonder. There was once a dream, you could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm gonna have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can find All it takes is faith. Trust. Well, if it isn't the Star-Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Think your happiest thought. And let's fly away to Neverland again this week with me, your spider pan Jeremy, head lost boy around here. And with us this week is not Lost Boy Eric, but uh, we're bringing a pixie along with us. Hello, we're bringing Christy Sproul with us. Hey, everybody. We haven't given you a pixie name yet, have we? No, you haven't. Uh, we'll have to work on that one. I don't know what we would call you. You'll have to come up with something and we'll add you to the list of Neverlanders because you've been on the show actually before because I already had you listed in Skype. So you've been on before probably talking about some cartoons. Most likely, yeah. Because <laughs> you, you started Voice Chasers, right? I did about 22, 23 years ago when I was still in high school. It was a big hobby for me. Uh, it turned into this big thing I wasn't expecting. So <laughs> <laughs> who knew this would be your claim to fame, right? How did it get started then? Oh, gosh. Uh, I, I like to say it's Rob Paulson's fault, but uh, <laughs> I was a big Ninja Turtle fan back then. And uh, and then Animaniacs came out in about 93 or so and uh, started watching Animaniacs with my friend. And she said, hey, Yakko sounds like Raphael. I said, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. And we had this big argument. And back then, the, you know, the Internet was very young. Uh, there wasn't much resource. And so uh, we started doing some some sleuthing, uh, going to the library and just listening to stuff and uh, forming this little group of, of us on Prodigy. If I don't know if you remember Prodigy, but it's kind of like CompuServe back then or AOL. Um, and so there was a little group of us that would tape shows on at the time. We would kind of have Animaniacs was our key because Animaniacs is one of the few shows that showed you who did what in the episode. Uh, so that became kind of our, our keystone. And then we would watch other shows on at the time. Fa uh, fast forward to the credits, write all the names down in the credits, rewind, and then we would listen for the, the voices that we recognized in that show. Uh, and it was a big game of, you know, who did what uh, just by listening. And it just became this big thing. We just compile all this data. And uh, I started to put it up online. 
And uh, actors started finding themselves and writing into me and they'd give me, you know, their full resume and their headshot and their demo. And it just became this this thing, uh, you know, free promotion for the actor and and getting the names out of there. These people are just the most talented people that nobody knows. So, yeah. And I need to have more of them on the show. So, yeah, (laughs) they're all good people. Everybody's just the best, most talented people and the most genuine and egoless people for sure. Yeah. Anytime I've gotten to talk, I've talked to a few at conventions. I don't always get to record at a convention anymore because I have got to talk with Rob Paulson. I, I kind of asked him about the new Ninja Turtles show since he's the voice directing, which he I thought is. was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, moving on up. I won't comment on that. The show, I'm not a fan of the new show, but but I'm proud of him. He's doing a good job with voice directing. He is. And I even said, you know what? You learned from the best, though. You know, with, with, with all the years he spent working with Andrea Beaumont. I mean, come on. Or not Andrea, Andrea Beaumont. Wow. Andrea Romano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, my brain Andrea. went Mask of the Phantasm, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was like a Catherine Beaumont, Andrea's. <laughs> well, no, because Andrea Mashup. Beaumont was the love interest in Batman Mask oh, of the Phantasm. Okay. So I was in the cartoon, and that's where I, I first heard of Andrea Romano because she there was a, a making of Batman: Mask of the Phantasm I saw on HBO, and it, you know Andrea Romano was talking about the casting of the different characters, and that's where I first learned that Mark Hamill was the Joker because they had footage of him doing the voice. Yeah, and he's talking about when he was thinking of the voice, he just realized he had so many teeth, and so you can see Mark Hamill performing it. He was sticking his teeth kind of out, and he, you know his teeth was all in this big wide grin, and yeah. it was amazing. Cool. So to see his performance, I mean, he had to stand up for that because it was so big and energetic. And then uh, they had footage of Kevin Conroy doing his performance and he's keeping everything down. And he talks about the difference between his Bruce Wayne up here and then you go to the darker corners of a man and Batman was way down here. And it, yep. was, it was fascinating watching them perform the voices, then talking about how they developed the voices and what helped inspire the voice that they use. And oh, sure. It's fascinating. It's great. Stuff. See how I tied that back into where it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing what these actors can do and the performance they actually give that you don't see because you have to just listen to the performance. Yep. Yep. It's amazing. It's fantastic. And uh, I, there was a website I somebody gave me that uh, I'm supposed to contact some of the agents for some some other voice actors. So I'll try to have them on the show. And I've been planning on doing it. I just haven't gotten around to it. But anybody I can't find, I'm going to start checking voice changes and see if you know how to get a hold of some people. Because I want to talk to these people because these people I grew up listening to. Yeah. And I still listen to stuff. And yep. They've all got great stories, too. I don't know if you oh, saw yeah. it, but uh, uh, Butch Hartman just put up a video from 1996 in uh, Cartoon Network when they were recording Johnny Bravo. So oh, there's wow. all this. Oh, it's great. Go check it out. If you uh, we have it, I, I just put it on Twitter, but he's walking around the Cartoon Network studios. But a lot of it is in the recording uh, room with all the actors. So Jeff Bennett's in there and wow. May Whitman, May Whitman, who's like six, <gasps> seven, maybe in there. <gasps> Uh, you know, Mark Hamill is in there. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, just Mar- Maurice LaMarche is in there. D Baker is oh. in there. Just really good stuff. Yeah. Go check that out. Oh, and if, if, if hearing these names doesn't make people go like, oh, them, then OK, yep. do some research because you'd be surprised how many great characters these people have done. Yeah. It's like if you don't know the name, you know their voice. Oh, totally. Yep. Oh, so that's I love talking to voice actors, too. So I need to get more of them on. Yep. My first guest was actually Katie Lee, and that was so. Oh, I and love she Katie. was so sweet because the first recording, something I had technical problems. Imagine that, and so the entire recording didn't go, and yeah. so we I had to fix get a completely different program to record the 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 conversation, and uh, I was able to call her back late Saturday night after she she was at a hockey game, yeah. uh, but it was like late Saturday night, and we we acted like we hadn't already went over the whole conversation before. Yeah, so I was so appreciative that she came back. She's great. She actually just uh, co-hosted. We we covered the Annie Awards uh, last. I think that was last a week ago. Yeah, uh, a week ago yesterday we covered the Annie Awards on the red carpet, and she was our co-host on the red carpet. So she was doing interviews with my friend Bar- Brock Powell, who's also a a big uh, up and coming name in the VO business. So there's a lot. Of yeah, yeah I, I saw. I remember seeing some pictures you were sharing of that. I'm like, look, Katie's doing the hosting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and they did a special honors for somebody. Now I can't think of. Did they do Andrea, an for- Andrea Romano? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was about to ask, I was like, was that Andrea Romano? So, because she was awesome, and she's just finally retired after she's she's got enough Annies up on her shelf, I think now. So, 
Yeah, she has. I think the story is she has Barbie doll clothes on all of her Emmys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's like, I don't even know how many now. But yeah, she was there. And, and Rob, Rob Paulson and Maurice LaMarche did her her little intro uh, for that. So it was very nice. Yeah. Is this available for viewing online anywhere like YouTube has this maybe? Uh, it was streaming live in the Annie. I don't know if they put it up yet, but it will be available. Uh, we'll post it once it's up. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got to see it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But speaking of technical problems, we're still with the host banter thing. Um, so everybody might remember last week, especially if you saw on Facebook, I was having some technical problems that kind of got in the way of me putting a show together. And it kind of got in the way this week, too, because I was just spending all week with this. This See, this is why the Neverland podcast or as we're now on iTunes, Neverland to Disney and beyond. And we're all about keeping that young, positive energy thing going. So we try to, you know, think good thoughts and enjoy things. And so we can have something positive to go with the week. And I really needed it this week. That's right. Because the starting now a week ago last Friday is when my main domain, NeverlandPodcast.com, went down. Yep. Apparently there was some sort of database issue. Oh, was that the problem? I was going to ask you what, what was the problem. That was the initial thing. Somehow or another, uh, something had happened that was uh, was stretching further than what I was allowed for database space. Hmm. Now, I, I they told me some fixes to go and do to do this optimized within you know HostGator and all this stuff. I couldn't get into the section uh, to make the changes that they they recommended. And I've every day this week, pretty much, I have either called or talked to one of their their support people trying to fix stuff. Uh, and, you know, we, we thought we'd have something fixed, but I had restrictions that were up to where I couldn't even get to my site and I couldn't do stuff. And then there was a, for a while there, I could get to the site, but nobody else could. Uh, and so that's been a real nightmare. And then finally, I had to pay some extra money to have a because they they said there was a wordpress after i did finally got in to do the optimize that they said to do the database they were saying there was something in wordpress that was starting the problem so i paid fifty dollars to a wordpress fixer for you know on this other website for somebody to come in and basically what he did he just deleted rose and told me to get rid of that jetpack plugin that wordpress yes that causes some problems sometimes yeah so, yeah, I wiped that out and then, you know, told them, hey, I've got this all fixed and finally started getting the page up. But then a, a problem I was having is I needed to update everything to HTTPS. Yep. And I found out I could do that through through HostGator for free. And so I was trying to get that straightened out. And I broke the website in the middle of doing that. But finally, we got it all up there. All my sites are up. And the really stressful part of all this was that one of the sites, my subdomain, actually has my resume and my portfolio that I've been sending out, my resume everywhere, because I've graduated school and I wanted to get a job. Oh. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm sending resumes out and people want access to my portfolio. And what's going to happen when they go to find my portfolio? They're going to find nothing. <laughs> oh, no. So that on top of blowing a tire this week, buying a skid plate for my Ford Focus from an aftermarket group that turns out it doesn't fit. So I still actually have it sitting in this room and all kinds of other stuff. Not hardly being able to work at all this week. And that's been my week in a nutshell. So I'm glad to be back here where everything's fun in Neverland. Yay. It, it's all up from here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it has to go up from here. I can't handle it anymore, you know. Yeah. Although I did just recently get a notification that the bank account's starting to run low on funds because I wasn't able to work this week. So we've spent all of everything we had in the bank. So, yay. <laughs> but I can fix that tomorrow. I'll go back and do some Lyft and Uber. and Because uh, yeah, the only money I earned this week went into paying for that tire that I popped while I was trying to work. Yep. So hopefully we don't get any more ice on the roads around here. Yeah, hopefully not. Yeah. But on to more fun things, because there was lots of fun news that actually happened this week. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Alright, the first bit of news that I'm going to drop, this is fun. So, those of you, because I know there are people who live around the Kansas City area that listen. Planet Comic Con Kansas City is happening once again. This is the 20th anniversary of Planet Comic Con. 
Uh, it, and uh, I didn't get the whole dates listed here on what I'm looking at, but it's the la- like the last weekend of March. So I know March 30th is that Saturday. And the reason why I know that March 30th is that Saturday is at 1030 a.m. here in Kansas City. That is when the Neverland podcast will be hosting a panel. Now, uh, hopefully Eric is going to get to come down. I think he is. The plan is Eric and I will be there. We're going to have some fun this time because we've previously we've talked about uh, Marceline and we had some people from the the Walt Disney Hometown Museum, Kate Mallins and Peter Whitehead came down to talk about Walt Disney and Marceline. And then Eric and I have talked about the the Laughagram Studios here in Kansas City, Walt's first studios that failed, unfortunately. Uh, then we had Adrian Rob come in last year and that was fun uh, but this year we thought you know what would be fun is to follow up on all these artists that worked at Laughagram that went on to have fantastic animation careers now I could drop some names but some people would be like who? because I've, I've told some people about this idea and they were like who are these people but if I say Frizz Freeling mm-hmm. or even I Freeling yeah see you know what I'm talking about of course I did <laughs> right. he was from Kansas City Yep. And from Lapagram. Now you know what he's done. I know what he's done. But if anybody else wants to know what he's done, you're going to have to come to Kansas City and attend the panel. Because <laughs> he did a lot. And of course, uh, by works from Kansas City. But I, I you know, I want to jump in. I've got to do a lot of research still yet. But I'm going to jump in. How did they meet Walls? You know, what did they do at Lapagram? What did they do after Lapagram? Did they ever work with Disney again? I, you know, I've got a lot of research to do. Yep. So I, I'm going to be very busy. I'm going to, I'm going to beg Jim Corcus to help. <laughs> Because we, we talked about this idea with him. He's like, oh, wow, you should do this. Oh, yeah, you got to remember this. So he's he's excited to be able to help, I think. So cool. But uh, before we got started, you you had asked who all was going to be there. And uh, there's a heck of a long list. The uh, top of the list of celebrity guests, William Shatner. Yeah, he's everywhere. <laughs> I've seen him before. So. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it's Captain Kirk. You know, you got to be excited. Well, I'm excited. You, if you're not coming, you don't have to be. But if, <laughs> you, right. if you come into town, get excited. It'll be fun. I'm just uh, <laughs> Henry Winkler. Mm-hmm. For anyone who doesn't know, he's the Fonz from Happy Days. That'll be fun. Uh, Dean Kane, of course, you know, one of the many Superman, Superman, whatever. Uh, I'm looking forward to meet him. He's a cool guy. Bonnie Wright from the Harry Potter series, also known as Jenny Weasley. Also being joined by James and Oliver Phelps, the Weasley twins. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be awesome. Katie Sackoff from Battlestar Galactica. I actually still need to watch that. Tom Welling, another Superman from Smallville. And also, I guess he's on Lucifer. Mm -hmm. Michael Rosenbaum, also from Smallville. Mick Foley, WWE, yep, he's a Hall of Famer from the WWE, along with Bray Mysterio. I'm looking forward to meeting him. Kerry Elwes is coming back. I got to uh, hear his panel. Well, it's more of a, it wasn't really a panel. I guess it was more of a, a whole thing. Uh, he was talking about his book, had a lot of great stories to tell. But also, Chris Sarandon, also from The Princess Bride, is going to be there. He's also known as Jack Skellington, or at least the speaking voice. Yep. Danielle Panabaker. A little bit of celebrity crush there, you know, from The Flash and Sky High. And then here we go. You're a fan of Ninja Turtles. Kevin Eastman is coming as a creator guest. Oh, great. Uh, we've also got Doug Mankey. Or is it Mankey? It looks like Aaron Mickey spells his name. He's Detective Comics and Superman. Chris Claremont, Uncanny X-Men writer. Uh, the, the biggest X-Men writer really ever. Uh I don't know how to say his first name. Afua Richardson, who's writing Black Panther and All-Star Batman. Ian McCraig, who's a cover artist for Star Wars. Jason Aaron of Star Wars and Thor. Amanda Connor from Harley Quinn, Justice League. Jimmy Palmiotti, Harley Quinn, Painkiller Jane. Freddie Williams, Batman, TMNT. Phil Hester, Batman Beyond and Shipwreck. Megan Levins, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And Andy Parks of Batman Beyond and Daredevil. So we've got a comic creators coming in as usual. I'm sure there's a lot more that they haven't listed because... It's a long list. If you go to planetcomicon.com, you can find out everybody here that I have not mentioned, but that's already enough to where I'm excited. Uh, I'm wondering if I got some Chris Claremont stuff that I can get him to sign. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So holy cow. Well, this gets you excited where you think I need to visit Kansas City. 
Well, <laughs> I do. I do want to. I've always wanted to go there just because of the Walt uh, connection. But you should totally try to to, to uh, interview Brett Iwan while while he's there, who's the voice of Mickey Mouse now, because uh, he's from Kansas City. That's his yeah. yeah. They won't Great. really let him. He's under a. He's under such a leash. Uh, what a bummer. I, I, he had a panel and I was not allowed to record it. Uh, I've gotten a chance to talk to him and I've got a signed picture with him, but he can't do anything usually because ah. Disney, he's Mickey Mouse. So they got to keep a leash on him and he's really limited on what he's allowed to do. Bummer. I'd love to have a good sit down with him. Yeah. And he's he's got in connected with the thank you dot Walt Disney dot org, yep. which they like me. Uh, so <laughs> they yeah. usually help me. They're, they're the ones that hooked me up to be able to speak with them. Um, um, oh, my brain went out the window. Um, Margaret Carey. Oh, sure. So, oh, and she's I love such Margaret. A she's, yes. she's great. She's great. She's Spitfire. Yeah. Oh, yes. She's so much fun. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I guess we better get some of the bad news out now, though, <laughs> before yeah. we get started so we can cheer up later. Uh, so this and uh, you actually have some extra stuff to share. But Ron Miller, husband of Diane Disney Miller and former what, CEO, president, uh, about everything, you know, son-in-law mm-hmm. of Walt Disney. Yep. Uh, passed away just today at age 85. And Mike Parazza, who we've we've had on the show before, I've gotten to talk to him and Marceline, wrote up a really nice thing. And I, I, I kind of just want to read it, but it's kind of long. <laughs> but uh, he, he mentions there uh, on a personal note, he promoted my wife to full animator when there was no other female animators at the studio. He offered encouragement to me during our work together on Cauldron. That's the Black Cauldron. Basil, uh, that of course would be Basil of Baker Street, also known as the Great Mouse Detective, and Return to Oz, which I haven't seen because I hear it's nightmare inducing, uh, at the studio. When I didn't really know what I should do, I still have a number of his warm personal notes to me on his letterhead thanking me for things I was attempting at the studio and we'll cherish these forever. But yeah, he's the one who stepped in after Walt had passed away and had some really big shoes to fill. He did. He did. And and he doesn't get, in my opinion, he doesn't get far enough credit for the Disney Channel that he launched. And yeah. Touchstone Pictures. I mean, mm-hmm. that stuff is, yeah, doesn't get enough credit for those things, in my opinion. Yeah. Especially the Disney Channel for what it was originally. I liked it better in the 80s, I got to say. Yep. Yep. Agree. And Touchstone, you know, the funny thing with Touchstone, I, I some some realization I actually had just yesterday because I was watching the water boy. Yeah. <laughs> that was a Touchstone release. I didn't know that. I've never actually, actually seen it. Technically, that's a Disney movie. <laughs> oh, so, boy. Now, you know, Adam Sandler has been in a Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's it's one of those weird things. It's kind of like when you realize all those Ernest movies were Touchstones released. So you're like, yes, Ernest was a Disney character. Yep. That's so awesome. Yep. Yeah, I have I have the uh, uh, so I am a big fan of Horizons. For any of you listening, that that's fan of old school Epcot Center stuff. Uh, I have the 1983 Walt Disney Productions annual report uh, because it it features Horizons in it, but. It's actually since this, I think this is the first year he was CEO, uh, that Ron was CEO, and just look through the, you know, the summary of all the stuff they accomplished. You know, Tokyo Disneyland I think was that year, uh, and then of course Touchstone and and Disney Channel and then Horizons and just it just you know you could just see the stuff they were innovating back then. It's pretty cool and it's still um, you know it's all still around so. Yeah. Oh, you know, we do a thing about old attractions. We bring them into Neverland. We're going to have to have you come on to talk about Horizons because I don't oh, think please. we've talked about it. I so. have a whole room. My whole guest room is all uh, retro Epcot. So that was where wow. I grew up. I, I got an annual pass when I was four. It was a day the day after Epcot opened. My family went because we lived in Orlando. Huh. Uh, I was four and we got our annual pass. And my parents are still charter pass holders uh, today. Wow. Yeah. So we would go at least once a month. I, I lived in that park. Grew up in that park. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I have not explored it enough. Uh, it's the best. Yeah, I went in there with tired feet, so we didn't make it very far. We we got up and we did Maelstrom, and then we came back out because our feet were killing us, and I needed to go and soak them in a swimming pool. Because <laughs> we'd win at Animal Kingdom all day, and then we oh. moved over into Epcot, and so, oh, feet are killing me because Animal yeah. Kingdom is such a big park and a lot of walking to get to everything. Yeah. So, oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, but another loss we had just yesterday at age 82, Albert Finney. Now, Albert Finney, I think I probably first saw him back in the Annie film in 1982 as Daddy Warbucks. Yes, that was my but first. 
Yeah, I the my, my favorite thing that I've seen him in, Scrooge in 1970. Oh yeah, of course. I love that movie. I watch it every Christmas. Uh, and it's great. He was young enough to be able to play the young Scrooge and the old miserly Scrooge. Yep. Oh, so great. And then, you know, he's done so many different things. But my, the last thing that I recall seeing him in was Skyfall. Yep. 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 Uh, so he's got so much stuff, uh, even a, well, a lot of stuff on television. Uh, he played Pope John Paul II <laughs> in 1984, which is weird. That's a big role. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, and, and had a 1990 HBO movie called The Image, which he got. He was Emmy nominated uh, and then won the award along with uh, a Golden Globe and a BAFTA for his performance as Winston Churchill in 2002's HBO and BBC co-production The Gathering Storm. Uh, so other than that, he had so two BAFTA awards, three Golden Globe awards, and actually he performed on stage in London and was actually nominated for two Tonys in 1964 for Luther and the second one in 1968 for A Day in the Death of Joe Egg. So I'm going to miss uh, him being around, although granted, I, you know, I'm always going to watch the movies that he, you know, mainly Scrooge. I'm always going to watch that one. So. Yep. <laughs> so it's like he'll visit me every Christmas. There you go. <laughs> that's that's the way we look at it. Yeah. So, are you much of a gamer? Uh, I'm an old school. I'm, I would say I'm an old school gamer. I used to compete when I was younger. These days, I don't have enough time. Uh, I finally got my first, you know, new-ish console. I, I finally got a Nintendo Switch. The last one I have was a PlayStation 2, which can <laughs> tells you how much I've been playing games lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, get yourself a PS4 so you can play Spider-Man, by the way, because, oh my gosh, wow. But, yeah, uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Disney and Electronic Arts, actually, they had an investor conference call and announced Jedi, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. This is a conference call, and actually Bob Iger was part of this, uh, where they're confirming that Disney is going to continue to license out the property to EA, despite there's a lot of people who think EA hasn't done a very good job with Mm -hmm. some of the products, especially with the Battlefront games, and especially Battlefront 2, there was a lot of, you know, pay-to-win type of controversy and microtransactions. So there's some question on, you know, whether EA is actually handling it very well. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know... some of the people who did that, like the Titanfall creator, Respawn Entertainment, looks like they're going to be working on this. And oh. it actually could be released here in 2019. But they're describing it as a story-centered game and will be considered canon to the Star Wars universe. It's going to be third-person, single-player action. And it's going to take place between Return of the Sith and A New Hope. And it's basically the remaining Jedi in the galaxy are being hunted down by the Empire. Which makes me think we're going to see uh, maybe some characters from Star Wars Rebels pop up, mm-hmm. maybe some Inquisitors. Maybe you get to play as an It would be interesting to me if you're talking about Fallen... Well, I guess Fallen Order. They're not meaning like Fallen Jedi, but the Fall of the Jedi Order. But it'd be interesting if you're playing as like an Inquisitor and you're hunting down Jedi just for a twist. You know, play as the dark side. Yeah. Interesting. Which is similar to, you know, like the, the Force Unleashed was a great game and it was set during this time period but the force unleashed is no longer you know it's not canon but it was yeah. a great game i haven't played that one. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun because they did some crazy stuff with your force powers so you can pick up th- stormtroopers and spin them around and throw them or, oh my goodness i had a lot of fun playing that i haven't played the second one but i had so much fun so i'm actually pretty excited about that one yeah so hopefully it's going to be good I'll have to save up for a while because games get expensive these days. Yeah, since they're not making any more Star Wars movies for a while, right? (laughs) Sure, (laughs) They got to fill that void somehow. Yeah, I know. I mean, what are we going to do next Christmas when we're expecting a Star Wars movie? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I know what we'll do. Yeah. We'll travel to New York and Central Park as part of the public's, public's... Public work and it's, it's and I'm trying to read that what it says. It says public public works initiative. They invite community groups throughout the city to participate in basically. You know how a lot of towns and I bet you're wherever you live at, you probably have a Shakespeare in the Park type of thing going on, right? I think so. Yeah, I live in Phoenix, but yeah, I haven't been here for a while. <laughs> yeah. So basically, imagine Central Park. They have, of course, a nice theater area. They're staging 
Hercules, the Disney style of Hercules. Interesting. Is Mencken involved in that? I'm assuming he is since he wrote the score, but... Well, they are using uh, his music, and it says there's even uh, some additional music by Alan Menken and David Zippel. Oh, yeah. Well, he did the original lyrics, too. Yeah, uh, right. Zippel did the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. So there's some additional stuff, which makes me think maybe there's some, you know, there's probably plenty of unused songs when they were yeah. making the movie. And so I guess they're taking that. Uh, but now I would find this interesting. I would I would like how to do this, because this is being done with a special arrangement from the Disney Theatrical Productions under mm. the direction of Thomas Shoemaker. Yep. Uh, so they're going to present this at basically it's an outdoor theater. How in the world do you do things like the Hydra or even the Titans? I don't know, but they're really good at that stuff. I can tell you just seeing Beauty and the Beast a long time ago, seeing oh. that transformation on stage is pretty amazing. Yes. So, yeah. Did you ever see did you see Hunchback? I know that wasn't necessarily Disney wasn't producing that one, but. Uh, well, did you see that? Yeah, I knew there was one in Europe that was based off the Disney film, but when I, I heard it, never came to the United States. It it did. Uh, so really? in it did it did it in uh, San Diego. It premiered. Uh, I got to go to the premiere. Well, not the premiere, but I think a couple days before the actual premiere, um, I got to go see that, um, and it had a bunch of, of additional songs. It's very very different from the animated version. Um, it, it's more based on uh, Hugo's novel than I than you know the animated feature, but. Um, but that score is one of my favorite scores of all yeah. time. So I had to go yeah. see that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. If that ever comes around, I'll, I'll have to check it out. But it, it I, in, I still want to see Lion King too. Though. Oh, <laughs> Lion, Lion King. King's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the uh, yeah the, the the Hunchback one was in uh, off. It was I think it was in New Jersey for a little bit, um, but I don't think it ever went to Broadway. Um, but I think it's still around. It was in LA for a little bit too. I don't know if it's still touring, but it's a good it's a good score. Well, I hope they tour it and bring it here because I would check yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. That'd be different. And I wonder what this could mean. I mean, if this goes over very well, because this is this will be the first time it's performed as a stage thing, doing it as a theater in the park. If it goes well, perhaps we'll see a Hercules on Broadway. Never know. It's a good possibility. Right now, I'm sure they're enjoying some success because apparently Frozen has opened on Broadway. So yep. I'm sure people are not letting go of that one. I wish they would. <laughs> that was a good <laughs> Was, had to transition there somehow. That was a good one. Yeah, because yeah, I'm so thought out that I'm not even excited for Frozen 2. But yeah. then again, I haven't seen any ads yet. Maybe the ads will somehow or another get me excited. I don't know. They can make an Olaf movie. I think I'd be more excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. But something I am kind of excited about, and this is still, it's it's very early on the information we have. But we're hearing that Josh Gad is now working upon this with the Once Upon a Time creators in yes. a Disney Plus Muppets show. Now, oh. the, from what we're hearing, it's because, you know, last time they brought the Muppets to television, they tried to do something like The Office. Yes. What they're thinking they want to do this time, and this is coming from the Splash Report, which they're, I, I hear they're supposed to be reliable on some of these scoops, mm -hmm. is that this will take place right after the events of the Muppets Take Manhattan. My favorite, personally. Everybody has kind of gotten disbanded again. <laughs> Kermit apparently did it for some reason, and but they all got to come back together after the mysterious disappearance of Rolf. Interesting. How accurate this information is, I'm not entirely sure, because I'm not familiar with the Splash Report, but based on Slash Film, Slash Film says the Splash Report is pretty reliable on these scoops. Yep. So... This could be what it is. Uh, we I don't know everything yet. This is still all way up in, you know, it's it's we're not expecting to see this until like 2020. OK, but we've heard that the Muppets were going to be on Disney Plus. So I'm taking this as a good possibility of what it is we're going to have. Of course, I'm also hoping that they'll put the entirety of the Muppet show on Disney Plus. That would be nice. Yeah, because yeah, there's still two seasons never released on DVD that I would like to sit down and watch and enjoy because it's right. a puppet show. Yes, of course. Yes. They haven't even put the all-important Mark Hamill episode up yet. Yep. I mean, I've got it through a Time Life collection, but come on, people. <laughs> Four and five while we're alive already. Okay. Right. right. When you said Josh Gad, I thought you were talking about Hunchback. You've heard that news, I presume, right? Uh, yeah, though, there was some talk that they were going to do a Hunchback film. Is Josh Gad working on that one? He is spearheading that, as far as I understand. Um, and there's actually a picture of him, I think, from Instagram or something. His Instagram where he's reading the art of 
book, which I have, so I recognize the cover when I saw it. Hmm. And uh, there's rumors that he's quasi, but we'll see. Right now, I think he's just in a producer role, but uh, it'll be interesting. He would make an interesting quasi, and he's got a, the higher range voice, and he can <laughs> sing. Yeah, yeah. I can see him being quasi. Yeah. Huh. I'm withholding judgment for now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking this this has potential. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, it's a bit of a more of a moody character, but, you know, Quasi kind of had you know, that sadness, but he also had that inner hope and optimism somewhere underneath there that came out. Right. So I think Josh Gad could play it and actually do pretty well. So we'll 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 see. I'm always I'm very patient. I know a lot of people are really tired of Disney remaking a lot of their animated films in live action, but so far I've enjoyed most of them. So I you know I take a step back and like, well let me just see it and see what happens. There you go. Because there's still ways to get that nostalgia. In fact, on Apple Music uh, they have some 90s nostalgia with the, what they call the Disneyland After Dark Playlist. Because hmm. they're having a 90s night on March 7th, 2019. And in celebration, you get this playlist. And they're they're saying they've got, you know, all the great 90s songs, including stuff from the Disney Afternoon lineup. Ooh. So, like, films from the 90s, uh, deep cuts in the Disney Afternoon, uh, even some of the, you know, Roger Rabbit and some stuff from, well, the Roger Rabbit's tunes, cartoon spin, uh, and the Nina Ann Jones Temple of Forbidden Eye. You're going to have some theme, pun- theme park stuff from the 90s as well. Uh, it says you can check out and download the official Disneyland After Dark 90s Night playlist now on Apple Music, as well as a fan-made version on Spotify, because, you know, they're always going to work with Apple, but not necessarily with Spotify. Interesting. Yeah, which uh, I'm opening my Spotify player right now, and I'm logging in so I can grab this list. Although I've, I've kind of got the list already set up, uh, <laughs> you know. I've, I've for anyone on Spotify, I do have a Neverland Radio playlist where I've grabbed all kinds of good stuff like this, uh, so you can come and check it out. Uh, plus, if you if you go and listen to on any Neverland Radio, I have a Neverland Halloween, I have a Neverland Christmas. Uh, I'm out there and I'm putting together these playlists for not only my enjoyment, for anyone who wants to come along. So please feel free to come and find us. But how do you like uh, uh, Mexican music? Me? Like traditional Mexican music or Mexico Pavilion? (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of both, you know, because Mexican Pavilion and mariachi, because I do. Coco has joined the Mexican Pavilion at Epcot with a new musical performance, according to the Disney blog. I heard. Yeah. They have some really great photos. They have a little uh, puppet, uh, kind of kind of marionette style, but he's more like got sticks and his little guitar. And I forgot the little character's name. Wow. Can you believe that? Oh, Miguel. Yes. Yes, Miguel. Little Miguel. Uh, And basically, he's going to comes out. There's a guy, you know, who's wearing a poncho behind him that I guess isn't going. But uh, they're going to start. This is starting on March 6th. They're going to tell the story of Coco in the Mexican pavilion with puppeteers, folklore. I cannot say this. Folklore. Yep. Dancers. There's going to be dancers. (laughs) <laughs> and mariachi, and they're going to tell a story and play music. Uh, there's actually some video that Big Fat Panda has. If you go and check it out, you can hear some. They're playing some Coco music out, out there in an area uh, out in the Mexican Pavilion with some mariachi. Uh, and this, there, there. Some people kind of wonder if it might just be for the International Flower and Garden Festival, and then it might go away afterwards. But personally, I think they're going to keep it because that you know bring in. They're, they're really bringing a lot more properties into Epcot, and yeah. this makes a lot of sense to bring that in. Uh, and, you know, especially I, the, there was a rumor for a while that Coco was going to take over the, um, um, and I forgot the name of the ride there with Donald Duck and the Three Caballeros. Uh, the River of Rio del Tiempo. Yes, yep. Rio del Tiempo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was rumors that Coco was going to take that over. I hope they don't, but put Coco in there. And this is a great way to do it by having Mariachi Band come out and perform and sing songs from the film, tell the story. That's a great way, I think, to integrate. I would I would gladly come and watch that. But I, w- I, want, I haven't ever gotten to see the ride, and I don't want to uh, before I get a chance to see it. With Rob and Carlos Alzaraki in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 you got to go. Yeah. yeah, which is fun. I always like listening to the audio because I can, I can hear Rob Paulson's voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Yay! <laughs> you, you gotta you, love that. Yep, yeah, you heard they're uh, renaming Epcot, right? <laughs> the joke. Uh, there's a new, there's a jo- there's a joke. They're renaming. Epcot. 
No, no, no. The, the <laughs> I shouldn't have. I just ruined my joke. But the new <laughs> name is <laughs> the new name is Ipcot. It's the intellectual property community of tomorrow. Oh, burn. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of coming that way, and they're they're losing the uh, heart and soul of of Epcot a little bit. But they are. It's a bummer. <sighs> they got to find a way to balance things, and I think Coco helps bring the Mexican culture mm-hmm. in, so that seems to fit to me. Yeah. I don't know that Frozen taking over Maelstrom really brought the culture of Norway back. No. So that, that didn't seem to fit. No. But if they can use intellectual properties to help, you know, tell about it, show other cultures or show about some possibilities of future technology, then I think we've got something. You know, yes. if they use them right, you can bring intellectual property in, but or even create new intellectual properties like Figment. Bring back well, the original Figment. Yeah, yeah, I'm all I'm all for that. I don't know if Guardians is a good uh, IP for yeah. for that area, but hey, you know. Well, they're supposed to be teaching something about space travel, so if if, if done right and it's kind of educational but also a lot of fun, then that's I mean that's what Epcot kind of is. You learn some stuff, but you have so much fun doing it. I, I hope there's a learning component. That's I think that's the thing that's gotten lost over there. Yeah. So we'll see. Because I'm sorry, we're not learning anything from Elsa. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, other things that not this is not Happy Town over at Walt Disney World. All right, because I'm sure you've heard about this mm-hmm. that you have to start paying to park your car at a resort. Yes. I and there's hotels that. that do that kind of junk to people too. Yep. Well, if apparently if you're not careful, uh, this is somebody wrote up. This is what happened to them. This is on yourmileagemayvary.net. It's a travel blog. But they wrote up that they didn't use Disney's Magical Ex- Express, and they thought that might have been the trigger. They used uh, an Uber, Lyft, or a taxi, or something like that, to to go straight to their room. So they you know they could do an online check in before they arrived. They just went straight to the room, dropped their stuff off, and then went to the parks. Yep. And they actually were getting charged a parking fee on their bill that they noticed. And they didn't have a car. What they're saying to kind of prevent this, somebody else, when somebody, when this article was shared to Facebook, I saw somebody comment that they had a similar problem and they had used the Magical Express. But apparently you, if you go, when you check in, make sure you go to the front desk and go ahead and check in there to let them say, hey, I didn't drive. I'm riding the bus while I'm here. My car is at home. I didn't rent a car or anything. Do not charge me for a parking spot. I'm not using it. <laughs> Make sure they know, because I guess they're having a little problems rolling this out. Personally, I think this was a bad idea. I mean, you're already paying enough to stay at the resort. You're paying enough to go to the parks. Why they have to get you in the back end with your car parking at the resort? Mm-hmm. It's not right. They shouldn't be doing it to begin with, but apparently it's not going right. So travel tip, uh, keep an eye on your bill. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Can't say I'm surprised there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but we have some other fun stuff. Well, hopefully it's fun. Hopefully you had a good time with this. But uh, we always like to have a good movie review. But I haven't seen any new movies. But you did. I sure did. I saw Lego Movie 2 yesterday. There'll be spectacle. There'll be fantasy. There'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. You people seeing this for the first time. Kermit, I got a great picture of the chicken. Oh, good. Once, everything was awesome. Now, everything is bleak. Hey, Lucy. I brought you coffee. Coffee. The bitter liquid that provides the only semblance of pleasure left in these dark times. Oh, my goshness. Did I interrupt you brooding just now? Times have changed. You need to change with them. We have to be tough and battle ready. Look, a shooting star, make a wish. (gasps) Oh no. Run! (laughs) Hurry, the door is slowly closing. (laughs) Oh, the pain. It's getting so cold. Emmett, what are you doing? See, that wasn't so bad. Nothing got in. Ah, something got in. I'm General Mayhem. Bring me your fiercest leader. Lucy! Emmett! Ah! This is all my fault. 
Hang on to your fronts, Planny. We're going to save Lucy. Don't you tell me to save asteroids! You mind if I save your life? Not at all. Who are you? The name's Rex Danger Vest. Galaxy defending archaeologist, cowboy, and raptor trainer. <laughs> I don't get it. Will you help me rescue my friends? You don't want to go anywhere near the Sistar system. It's ruled by an alien queen. Only the toughest are gonna get out of there alive. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? <laughs> yes, you are. I'm a queen, whatever I would not be. I'm getting super evil vibes here. I could change my form to something else if this makes you uncomfortable. Hey, guys. No, go back. The horse was much more palatable. I got a play phone and a play phone. I got to get it, baby. Yes, no, it did not. A1, hit him with the A1 song. Since day one, not the A1 side. Lucy! Emmett, did you draw stubble dots on your face? What? No. <laughs> are you? I'm your worst nightmare. You're me when I'm late to school and I forgot my homework and my pants are made of pudding? No, I don't. <laughs> Lego Movie, and of course they didn't just call it Lego Movie 2, they called it Lego the second part. The second part. <laughs> Which I was kind of running broke because of the weird week I've had, so I didn't get a chance to go out and see it, but you checked it out. I did. It's uh, it's it's wonderful. I, I I tweeted yesterday that I wish Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who wrote the film, uh, would write every movie from now on because everything they write is brilliant, in my opinion. Um, uh, I don't. If you, did you see the original Lego Movie? Yes, I saw it in theaters, and it was everything was awesome. Yeah, it, it sure <laughs> is. Yeah, it's 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 in that same vein. Uh, I wouldn't say it's better than, but I every time I go to one of their films, I don't think I I've laughed so hard. Um, just so many in jokes and I, I won't spoil too much, but just the, the there's kind of a Chris Pratt in joke. Um, yeah. and it's just, it's just really cleverly done. Um, and the music is wonderful and, and make sure you stay, if you go see it, make sure you stay through the credits. It's not a credit end scene, but the song in the credits is, uh, had me laughing out loud with my husband because they are telling you how much, how great the credits are. And it's, the best part of the film. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and you can, you can, it, the soundtrack has about half of the song, I think. Um, but the second half of the song is even, even funnier because when it starts rolling the, the voiceover credits, they start talking about voiceover and how they work so hard for four hours a day and stuff. It's just brilliant. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> oh, and I didn't notice like some of the in joke in the trailers. You could tell that Chris Pratt was playing two characters and they had a guy who's yes. pretty much it's almost like Chris Pratt, the Lego, because he has had adventures similar to maybe every Chris Pratt movie that we've seen. Yes. It's like the evolution of, of Chris Pratt. It's it's great. It's so good. So, yeah, I would highly recommend it. Uh, good stuff. And if you've have you seen did you see Spider-Man Spider-Verse when it was out? Yes, I enjoyed it very much. That was so much fun. So good. Yeah. And Phil wrote that, too. It's just all everything they've ever done that I've seen is just so good. And I got to meet them at the Annie's uh, last weekend Funny. where they basically, you know, Spider-Man basically swept the whole ceremony. They swept wow. every I think I think every everything they were nominated for, they won. Just about uh, just super nice guys. We have an interview with them that I'll be putting up soon. So it's it's really good stuff. Awesome. I may have to have them on sometime, too, to be like, hey, so when's Lego three coming? So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there'll be another one. They've been yeah. really popular now. So they yeah, kind of broke no. that. Well, I was thinking, you know, I don't think there's, you know, people might disagree with me, but, you know, Disney and Pixar were kind of the leaders in that area for so, so long. Uh, and now there seems to be kind of a downturn and, and it's allowing these guys to kind of come in and and, you know, uh, produce better stuff in my opinion. So, yeah. Um, well, so, you know, some of these other companies are, they, they end up making good stuff. Cause you got, you know, how to train your dragon, which I missed the early showing of the third one. There could have, I could have gotten to an early preview, but I wasn't able to do it, yeah. but everybody is just going gaga over how to train your dragon three. I'm very excited to see that one. Mm -hmm. So you're getting a lot of great stuff. And then like the Lego movie was so much fun and into the spider verse was so much fun. Yeah. But then you also have stuff like uh, the secret life of pets that the best stuff was in the trailer. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, like DreamWorks, I, I, I don't think I've seen a DreamWorks film that I was obsessively loving. Yeah. Um, same with illumination, just kind of the typical, eh, 
stuff that it just doesn't do anything for me. But uh, the stuff that Phil and Chris have been writing is just so good, in my opinion. So. Yeah. Oh, and then something else like Ice Age. The first Ice Age is great, yeah. and then it went downhill fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they kept making more of them. They're like, oh, stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> so, so like Despicable Me, by the time you started making a Minions movie, it's like, okay, stop it, stop it. Yeah. You ruined yeah. it. You ruined it. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, nobody still matches completely the powerhouse of Disney, but there's some good stuff. And uh, actually, I think um, I, I'd have to look this up about DreamWorks, though. I think they had a Train Your Dragons films. I think that is a DreamWorks. It is DreamWorks. Yeah. Yeah. And you not haven't a, been a big not, fan of those? Nah, not a not a huge fan. And I I, I liked Lilo and Stitch because, uh, you know, Chris, uh, Chris had done those that film mm-hmm. before he left Disney because um, you could see how how Stitch and uh What's the dragon's name? Toothless. Uh, Toothless are very, very similar in that regard. But yeah, yeah, I just didn't. It just didn't didn't grab me like some of the other stuff. So, yeah. How many did you watch? Did you only watch the first one or did you watch the second one? I watched. I believe I watched the first two. Um, I have seen the first. Yeah. yeah, I gave it another try. But like I said, I'm jaded. (laughs) I guess so. I am very jaded. So yes, I, I think the second one was even better than the first one because Toothless became even more cute and funny with some of the things they did with them. And right, is I think I think it has appeal to us, you know, like cat owners because the dragons, are, especially Toothless, are very cat-like the way he behaves. That's true. That's true. And so, if you like cats, you're going to be. But if you if you hate cats, you're probably not going to respond as well. I love cats. I'm a cat person, but and yet yeah. still didn't. It's just the it's the same kind of thing with Stitch. Always bothered me. It's just that uh, I don't know what it is, but the, and now Stitch is kind of everywhere too. And I just <laughs> never understood the, the appeal of of Stitch personally. Everyone's going to be tweeting hate at me, but. Uh, but yeah, that's my there's, there's other people who don't like Stitch. I, I personally <laughs> love Stitch. I'm one of them weird people that when I went to Walt Disney World, I and I'd never been on the Alien Encounter, so I wasn't jaded at all. And yeah. I just went and did the sk- Stitch's Great Escape, and I enjoyed it. I loved it because I liked Stitch, and it was one of the best animatronics they have in the parks. Was yep. that little Stitch figure? I mean, it was great. And yeah, I know the Chili Burp, but that wasn't the only place <laughs> that I'd gotten a horrible stink sent at me at Disney. Okay, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, nobody complains about his stuff to be a bug and they hit you with some stuff and i mean there was other places that really bad stinks were pumped at me and uh, imagination with figment uh the new one i should say yeah well, i didn't get on to that one because that was where our feet were tired at epcot and we didn't you, quite make it you can skip that one <laughs> yeah that's what i've heard i've heard the, I mean, even though i love eric idol somehow or another even hearing the audio of that i'm like something's not quite hitting it here with this yeah, it's it's just doesn't compare to the original. Yeah. Opinion. So if they can get the original going again somehow or another, but they probably have to pay some royalties out to the family of um, uh, the original Dreamfinder guy. Chuck McCann. Yeah, Chuck McCann, because he, he has passed away, I believe, hasn't he? He passed away last year, I believe. Yeah. And then yeah. and then the guy that did uh, uh, fill in for him after is a friend of mine, Ron Schneider, who wrote a book, which if you haven't read, I would highly recommend. Um it's it's very good. He he has a lot of uh, background in theme parks, and he was he was one of the original Dreamfighter walkarounds when the park first opened. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dr- Ron's a great guy. I think we've mentioned his book, but we haven't had him on to talk about it yet. Uh, Ron's fantastic. I've known him for twenty something years. My He's goodness, great guy. Yep. Yeah, well, we might have to use you as a connection to get sure. a hold of him because I'm having fun talking to all these book authors, but it also gives me a whole lot of books I'm really behind on reading. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a lot of great stories. so <laughs> And that's what we like. We like good stories. We've gotten so many different good stories. Yeah. So, but uh, so that's our brief review of Lego 2. Uh, and I'm like I said, I'm definitely going to check it out when I can because my wife, some for some reason, didn't enjoy the first one. Uh, I mean, part, part of the, the enjoyment, I think, of the first one was that was, you know, animating with Legos. Yeah, was, it was so impressive, the things they did. And then I really enjoyed also Lego Batman, although yeah. I don't own a copy of that one. I need to get that one. Yeah. Uh, but but these Lego films, all of them usually have been fun, although I guess people didn't like the Ninjago movie, but I didn't see it. So I, I can't comment. Yeah, I didn't see that one either. Yeah, people apparently didn't didn't care for it as much. And like, what? You know, I, the fun thing about the Lego movies is all the different little IPs they can bring in. Yep. Uh, it's just kind of fun to just mishmash a little bit. So yep. I agree. That's part of the fun. Let's take a ride at a Disney park. Let's take a ride right now. Oh, oh.
Yeah, it's passengers, we're currently experiencing some technical difficulties. Please remain seated with your hands, arms, legs, and feet inside until a cast member arrives to assist you. Attention passengers, we're currently experiencing some technical difficulties. Please remain seated with your hands, arms, legs, and feet inside until a cast member arrives to assist you. Attention, rocket stationers, sorry to three caballeros, please remain seated. This ride will be powered up and powered off in normal mode immediately. Please stand clear, thank you. Only the first time.
for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. 
Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.